Good morning, y'all. Welcome to the info dump. I'm Matisse, she, they. Uh, this here field recording, or podcast, or whatever you want to call it, is a compendium of my thoughts and ramblings. Basically an audio scrapbook, or word vomit. See, I've got incredibly bad OCD, and one of the ways it manifests is in a very deliberate and methodical way of talking. These recordings are a way for me to break out of that a bit, and to be less uncomfortable with just about everything. So strap in and listen to the very arbitrary and often very, very high ramblings of a super hot neurodivergent trans gal. First up, we have some thoughts on the ludological and sociological construct of the magic circle. So magic circles are a ludological construct. If you don't know what ludology is, ludology is the study of play. So it's um, it's essentially the scientific, like rigorous study of um, you know how and why people play games and in what ways people engage with the games that they are playing. And so the magic circle um, is this construct that we use to describe. Um, <clears throat> the boundaries between the people participating in a game and the boundaries between people not participating in a game. So, you know, there's reality, and then within the circle are the people playing the game. Um, and so it's a very basic uh, construct that, that is taught in, you know, any, like, first-year game design class, really. Um, but... I, um, through some of my research, I wanted to take that, that analytical model a little bit further, and so I broke it down into two additional, um, <clears throat> ways of viewing magic circles. Um, one, the, uh, um, Jesus, these, this is my research, why can I not remember the words? It's because I have horrible mental illness, and also I smoked, and now I'm entering a slightly hypomanic state. Who? Calm down, you fucking bitch-ass chick. It's the escaping magic circle. That's the word I was looking for. Um, and so the escaping magic circle is essentially a description of... Um, it essentially takes the, the fact that, you know, the magic circle delineates um, people playing and not playing the game. The, the escaping magic circle also um, delineates between, uh, like, perceived reality. Um, and so if you are playing a... If you are playing a game like Tag, you are, you know, mostly still encompassed within... Ooh, that's some bad audio. That's some bad audio. That's some bad audio, y'all. I'm going to keep just saying that's some bad audio, because it's true. So I'm going to take some more pulls off my joint, and then I'll get back to talking about escaping magic circles. And I still probably won't edit any of this out, because I'm a lazy-ass bitch. Oh, I dropped the ash. Ah. Okay. I think those sounds are mostly done. So, 
the escaping magic circle also delineates between, you know, um, the, the kind of perceived reality of the game. So if you're playing a game like Tag that is mostly encompassed by the uh, narrative of the real world, you know, you aren't, uh, there isn't a, a lore that you have to master about <laughs> Tag, um, you know, this magic circle hasn't escaped and it hasn't, um, you know, separated itself from the, the, uh, the rest of reality. Um, but with, you know, a fully escaping magic circle, um, it kind of creates a Venn diagram where there's less and less overlap between the mag magic circle and reality itself. Um, and so that allows you to, uh, really explore the ways in which we can push that boundary further, you know? How do we make it easier to separate a game uh, from reality? How do we emphasize that escape uh, nature? Um, and then the other analytical model that I had for breaking, or for enhancing the magic circle is, um, uh, fuck, layered magic circles. And so, layered magic circles, I think, are most easily explained through, um, the lens of, of a soccer game. Um, so in the very center of the circle, you have your, um, players that are most engaged with reality. Uh, sorry, most engaged with the game. Um, in ludological sense, we call this, uh, the, the lusory attitude, or the lusory state, or, or flow state, or there's, there's in, being in the zone. Um, basically, it's, it's when you are so engrossed in a game that you kind of forget that you have to do other things. So, like, when you're in a long gaming session and you forget that you have to get up and go take a shit, or you forget to eat, and stuff like that. Um, and so, that's, yeah. In the very, very center of the circle, you have the players that are in that lusory attitude, a lusory state. Um, and so these players are, uh, in the context of soccer, these are the players that are, you know, most engaged with the game. Usually they're the players who, you know, physically have the ball at that point in time, uh, etc., etc. Um, then one layer out, you have your players that are you know, less engaged, still playing, but, you know, maybe don't have the ball. Maybe are still, you know, trying to strategize, trying to, you know, be closely engaged with the game, but are less involved in the immediate outcome of what is happening. But they are still part of the game. Um, then outside of that, you have, you know, your referees, who, again, are even further removed from what is, uh, what is, you know, happening within the, the world of the game, you know, they're just making calls about what is and is not against the rules, essentially, um, but they are still, uh, part of the game, you know, they are still participating, they, they still have, a, an effect on the game, and they still have to, um, you know, engage with this arbitrary set of rules that has been placed on top of reality. Um, and then further removed from that, 
what words am I saying? Who? Outside of that layer of referees, you have um, the last layer, at least in the terms of, of this example for soccer, um, you have uh, your spectators, you know, anyone in the stadium watching a game. Um, they are, you know, the furthest removed from actually participating in the game that's, you know, taking place in front of them, but they're very, you know, they're still very much involved in what is happening um, in the game, you know. You, um, on on the, the ethical side, you have, you know, spectators uh, chanting and hyping up their team, and that does, like, a morale bonus does impact your players. Um, like, home field advantage is a real thing, because your player, having people on your side definitely gives you a psychological advantage. Um, uh, on the less ethical side, you have players that fucking throw things onto the field. Um, you have players that fucking shine laser pointers into the faces of players. You have players that, you know, are just causing as much, you know, mischief as possible, and, and they may not necessarily be involved in what is happening, uh, in the, the technical rules of the game, but from, from a, from an analytical perspective that you still have to consider what they are doing it and what kind of influence they have on, on the game in front of you. Um, and so this analytical model um, is really interesting because it allows you to uh, kind of see where you can, you know, break down some of these barriers. How can you make your spectators more engaged in the game? Um, you know, again, from the ethical side, you can do that by having people in the stadium that do coordinated things, you know, have a bunch of players do the wave, you know, that is a coordinated effort, it is a rule-based effort, um, put on by the, you know, it, it, it is, in many, in, in many cases, in many ways of, of analyzing, it is part of the game of soccer at the professional level, um, you know, organized chanting like that like putting people in your stadium to chant um and giving them something constructive to do to chant um is is an effective strategy <clears throat> let me drink some coffee <clears throat> oh yeah my voice is so much better now i really need to be drinking water more often even though that was not water, that was coffee, but I'm gonna fucking, oh, girl, girl, fucking shut your, shut your whore mouth. I'm, no, I get, I'm probably a whore. No, but, no, I'm not slut-shaming. Sluts are good. And, and sex work is real work. Just, I actually, I have a jacket that has a huge patch on the back of it that just, just says sex work is real work. Um, <laughs> uh, why I'm, cause, cause I'm high, because I'm high and rambling. That's why I'm telling you this, right? Um, analytical model talking about layered magic circles, bullshit, right? Yeah. So 
yeah, the, the analytical model of layered magic circles just allows you to kind of pierce the veil of, of these different layers and figure out ways to better connect um, different parts of your player base to that lucery attitude, which is where you would like all of your players to be. Um, you know, being in that lucery attitude, or having that lucery attitude um, is, is a really good way to, you know, get people to like your game. Um, yeah. Yeah. Was that, was that good? Did you like that? Wow, wasn't that great? I sure should be in charge of teaching this concept to first-year game students. Next up, we have some of my thoughts on the up-and-coming brand Avavav, led by creative director Beat Carlson. In particular, we focus on her Summer Spring 23 collection, Filthy Rich. I wanted to talk about the brand Avavav. And actually, really, I just want to tell you that I love this brand. <laughs> and that I bought a pair of shoes from them. That's really all I want to say. <laughs> um, so Avavav is a Florence-based um, fashion label um, ran by the creative director Beat Carlson, and Beat Carlson is, um, I think, one of the most incredible designers right now. Um, like, I guess from a, a purely visual standpoint, some of her clothing can, like, uh, individual pieces can seem a bit, uh, you know, cliche, um, but when you put her entire collections together, um, they just send such powerful messages, and, and um, and so the, the, so if any of you, or really most of you, have not heard of Avavav or Beat Carlson before, um, if you have any passing interest in fashion, you may have, um, heard of her last season, um, or, or her, her summer-spring 2023 season, um, because for the runway showing for it, she had every single model walking down the runway fall. Um, it was her Filthy Rich collection, I believe, was the name of it. But um, she had every single model walking down the runway fall. Um, and it was such an interesting choice. Um, and it made for phenomenal photography. It was such a fun way to uh, fuck with the established norms of runway fashion. Um, and it, it really helped emphasize the... Um, the the uh, the fucking one <laughs> of the words I'm looking for, y'all comment in the com com leave a comment down below what I'm trying to say. Um, what 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 is the right term for the motifs that she was using? Um, her motifs of ex excessive wealth and and you know, indulgence. Um, oh, and give me a sec. I need to let a cat into this room with us. Hi, come be my friend. 
Oh, wow. This room smells a lot like weed right now. I might not be able to do these recordings like this, but we'll figure that out in the future. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Are you... Oh, you are just... Oh, she's gonna give you guys a lick. Uh, don't stand on my joint. No, but, like, could I have my joint back? No, don't knock them over. <laughs> Girly. Um, this is my cat, Sloan. She's a fucking monster. Um, and I love her immensely. Sloan, come be a good girl and sit on my lap. Um, what was I saying about Beat Carlson? I don't know. I love her. Her motifs of, of excessive wealth and indulgence and, you know, just fucking around with a lot of that, like, Y2K overindulgence culture is really, really cool. Um, and so I bought a pair of her, uh, for, so she also does a lot of transhumanist explorations of, of, uh, of humans through her art and through her fashion. Fucking words are hard. Um, but so one of the pieces that she put out, uh, this last season, I believe, was, uh, were these three and a quarter inch, like, shiny black, um, heels, um, ankle, uh, not ankle, um, like, uh, what's the part of, the part above your ankle, yep, that one, I'm not gonna find the word, shin, shin, calf, 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 I think is what I was looking for, anyway, um, they're these shiny black, uh, calf height three and a quarter inch heels with these four enormous elongated exaggerated like caricatures of of toes attached to the front um and they're just so fucking wonky i they're to me they really like look like a um a modern version of Marge Mesa Margiela's um, uh, tabbies, um, you know, just being so out there and so um, discordant to at least the the conventional um, fashion industry. Um, I don't. Know, I just I just adore these shoes. Um, I haven't even gotten a chance to wear them out yet. Um, I'm going to be wearing them. Uh, next week to a bar crawl for uh, one of my one of my uh, friends, one of the members of my polycule, um, and I'm so fucking excited. Um, I'm sure stumbling stumbling around drunkenly at this bar crawl, I'm gonna end up like breaking one of these enormous toes off. But like, look, that's live in your clothes. It's more fun. You've got a story to tell. Like, take care of your clothes, but live in them. Sloan, I need to take another pull off this joint. Oh, wow. I said that, and she got out of the way. You're such a good girl sometimes. I should get a Wookiee tube. Oh, fucking... Is that, a, is that still what people call it? Is that still a term that people use? I, I don't know. I, a Wookiee tube, uh, like a fucking toilet paper uh, holder with like a dryer sheet, dryer sheet stuffed in it, and you exhale through it. I remember uh, 
many a bong being breathed out through. Many a bong being breathed out through. Yeah, fuck, whatever. I don't give a shit. Um, I think that was all I wanted to say about Avavav, even though I don't think I really said much about Avavav. Um, also, I don't know if that's how you say the name of that brand. Um, I'll be totally fucking honest. But whatever. God, I am such a fucking pretentious bitch when it comes to fashion. It would be one thing if I was at least stylish, but I just wear whatever fucking unhinged outfits I can pull out of my closet. Anyway, last up, sticking with the pretentious theme, I'm going to force you all to listen to some of my poetry. Yeah, so my poetry is uh, kind of like this podcast, very stream of consciousness, rambling, um, usually with loosely created topics. I let my joint go out, y'all. I let my joint go out. This is a sad day. Um, I'll recover, though. So my poetry is very, uh, stream of consciousness, kind of rambly, kind of loosely constructed. Yeah. Um, so here's a poem about foot fetishes, <clears throat> titled My OCD on Foot Fetishes. Tully Kupferberg, Jeffrey Lewis, I want to hold your foot. I never thought of feet till he sung his fetish, coquettish heel, makes perverts real feel, I wish I could. Emotion, I mean, unseen feet greet me with no eroticism. But now thoughts fill, mind-forced static, variable unchanging, though thoughts rearranging. Obsessive contemplation of how to beat my meat over feet. Suck a toe, blow, pirates fucking peg legs, five little piggies. Or do they like the space between the toes, or maybe the heel, keel, ball, arch, curvature, shape? What the fuck do they want to fuck? Not that I kink shame. I'm sure others feel the same about my masochistic pain. Still, I cannot see. I feel the same about pee. No glee, just confusion. No allusions to sexual interaction. Just a refraction of intimate traction. As relationships between lovers grow, even so, I'd rather see your ass than your toe. Thank you for listening to whatever the fuck that was. Mm, I'm gonna give you another one, because I want to. Um, well, I'll probably be done after, like, one or two or, like, 30 more. <clears throat> How about this one? Titled, The Rancid Rat Race. I'm okay, said the princess to the swine. I'm divine, I'm worth the time. I'm filled with wonder. Ignore the blunder of last year and last beer. I didn't get drunk, that myth was debunked. I wasn't zooted, I've never tooted. Can you imagine a princess farting like a swine? Now that wouldn't be divine at all, the gall and even suggesting it. How dare you? How fucking dare you? 
The swine looks back upon her, hungry brown eyes, thunder thighs, wearing a disguise of mud and blood. The swine cares not for her drivel, her drugged-up spittle, no pity in its eyes. Swines despise high teas and zooted coffees and royal decrees of prosperity, for it's all a rancid rat race. Thank you for listening. I'm gonna do one more. Oh, a Christmas one. It's not that time of year anymore. And also, I'm not Christian. But I kind of vaguely celebrate Christmas still. So, this one is titled, The Suffering of Yuletide Goats. Gray-green grass, crass crow's class, lass of many years and beers, curled up with Christmas fears. Tears in her eyes, she cries and cries, pine needles in her hair, stuck to pubes, open to the air. I fucking got a Discord message, and it interrupted my poem. I gotta turn off... Go away. Fucking Discord messages. Don't bother me. I'm gonna start over. Yeah, you can't stop me. I'm in charge here. I'm just fucking rambling. That's whatever. These are field recordings. They're not a podcast. I've decided, even though I'm gonna call them a podcast. Whatever. Go, go fuck yourself. Go, go, go fuck me. No, I mean, maybe. Are you hot? You're a Zoom H2N. <clears throat> and that's a pretty sexy piece of machinery. Alright, I think I need to take one more puff, and then I'll read this poem. This is the last puff that I can take, as I don't have any more weed in this joint. I wish you guys could see how stupid I look. My chin is fucking pressed down against the uh, windowsill. I'm fucking squeezing my lips out of this tiny little crack in the window, trying not to get any smoke in here. I'm so fucking stupid. joint is done. <clears throat> Let me take a sip. <clears throat> Alright, now let's go back and read The Suffering of Yuletide Goats. <clears throat> Gray-green grass, crass crow's class, lass of many years and beers, curled up with Christmas fears, tears in her eyes, she cries and cries, pine needles in her hair, stuck to pubes, open to the air, naked as a babe, fresh from womb, ready for world to consume. She lost her sense of reality, lost her sense of morality, 
Christmas tree, yummy brie on plate of cheese, hearing the pleas of all who came before this yuletide whore. Knife used to spread said cheese, covering naked woman starting with her knees, up her thighs, up her chest, covering small breast. Neck comes next, face and scalp. Kelp wraps the rest. Only shins left undressed, she still runs and runs and runs like Baba Yaga, goo goo gaga, blah blah blah, rhymes and crimes, making sense of the world, hair twirled, though it's kelp now, and I'm a whelp now, I need help now, help me please. My knees are broken, my shins are cold, this world is filled with horrors untold. Bold, brass, crass, class, nasty woman, coming, humming, coming again, again, again. I don't even feel it anymore. I'm a whore, a whore. I scream at the world. The brie fills my mouth, though. Pine needles and kelp coming along. This throng of suffering fills my throat. I bleat like a choking goat and die. So, yeah... That was poetry. <clears throat> um, did you like it? Thanks. Did you not like it? Thanks. <laughs> Those are my thoughts. Um, yeah, I don't know. I write weird bullshit poetry, and I like it. And I don't... I'm just making noises now. Um, I think I'm done recording now, though. Thank you all for listening. I truly hope it was entertaining to hear whatever this was. Uh, tune in next week for more of info being dumped. Um, I'm not... I had a bit of a script for this, but now I'm kind of just talking off of my head. But truly, I greatly appreciate anyone who has sat through all of this. And I greatly appreciate... Uh, anyone who has any interest in hearing whatever I have to say. Because I have a lot to say, and none of it is very meaningful. But I do like to say it. So, tune in next week. Love you. Bye.